And good morning. Welcome. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. As you know, um, I always start with my calendar. That is an opportunity for you to get involved. You need to get off your butt. We don't just need Facebook warriors or other types of online warriors. We need to take action. You need to be going to school board meetings. You need to be meeting with like-minded people. Guess what? It inspires you. You know, you're not alone. There's a bunch of like-minded people that want to change what's going on, and you need to get out there and and join us. So first event, um, if you didn't know, I'm a fan of Larry Elder, uh, very much a proponent of the recall, so please vote yes, please vote in person, and I would recommend Larry Elder, but at least get rid of Gavin. There's the minimum. Um, So this event will have, Mostly Larry Elder supporters, but, you know, they're nice people. They're going to be nice to you. If you have, like a different candidate, they'll talk to you. Um, there's also going to be a bunch of recall people. This is at Clovis and Shaw on Saturday, 9-4, and it's from 9 to noon. So great opportunity. Go out, show your patriotism, meet some like-minded people. Um, another event just as important as the recall is about medical freedom. It is at the same location, Shaw and Clovis, and that is from 3 to 5 on Sunday, 9-5-9-6. We have our Constitutionalists for California Clovis meeting at 6.30 p.m. That is at 1123 Railroad Avenue. Uh, We've had a pretty lively group. We've had a lot of new people lately. This is a group that's dedicated to action, and we want to get out and change our community. There's too much tyranny. We need to take it back. The final opportunity, um, 9-7 in Kingsburg. That is the Kingsburg chapter of Constitutionalists for California. That is also a 6-30 meeting, and that is at 15,000 Rose Avenue. Um, That should be an exciting meeting because we have somebody that is coming to speak that's absolutely a patriot, Dr. Del Malmo. Um, He was a Cuban spy. He's written several best-selling books. So, I'm, and I will be interviewing him next Tuesday. So I'm, I'm a little fascinated by this and, and excited. Remember, vote yes on the recall. If there's any way, vote in person. With that being said, uh, no quote today. We're just going to jump right in. Um, my two guests, Sean, tell me a little bit about yourself, Sean. I was a, an educator born and raised in Fresno, California, uh, humble beginnings went from Fresno Unified at Norseman Elementary School, then to arguably the richest school in, in Clovis Unified at the time, Valley Oak. So from the third grade on, I've been been a Clovis kid, uh, graduated from Clovis West, played football at Fresno City, uh, went on to New Mexico State to finish out my football career, came back, became a teacher, uh, ended my last eight or nine years in a continuation school uh, for Central Unified a uh, place called Pershing, and I also did some time at Pathway, no pun intended. Um, but Pathway was a school that was a little bit uh, more restrictive than than Pershing was um, in the nature of, of what we taught and the students that we taught. But, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a lover of people of all kinds, and, and I just, I'm here to, to spread love, one, but fight for choice and, and freedom. Cool. Very cool. And I'm also joined by Joey. Tell me about yourself so i am a military not really a military brat so we weren't moving around but my dad was in the air guard in the air force for 
over 40 years or so. And when he retired out of the Air Force, Air Guard, he worked as a civilian for the Army Guard. So when Sean says freedom, that's the big thing that we're all about here. And I ended up playing at Bullard, Bullard High School, uh, baseball, and ended up getting a scholarship to play at Fresno State for four years. Uh, for four years. <clears throat> and that was, I got to play for Coach Bennett, who for the first three years, he was one of the 34 years there, ended up in the, the NCAA Coaches Hall of Fame in 2013, I think, is when he was he was inducted into, and then I played for the current coach that's there now, Coach Batesel. So for me, so that was baseball. That was just just because not everybody will know that. Yeah, yeah, that was baseball at Fresno State, and since then I've been uh, an entrepreneur. I run a an online and offline baseball softball hitting business, and just recently opened up a search engine optimization agency. So. My family, we have two kids that go to Fort Washington. Fort Washington. We have a kindergartner, a girl's five, and then we have a third grader boy this year. And we're, we're in the fight. So you're a concerned parent. Very concerned. Please thank your father for serving. Will do. Thank you. You know, I, I, I truly consider that to be one of the most important things you can do. You know, they don't get great pay. They don't always get the respect they should. And we need to honor our, our, our military veterans. Um, People didn't realize my theme song is the uh, Marine Corps fight song. So that, that wasn't an accident. Mm-hmm. My, my dad got through about 10 weeks of boot camp. He uh, faked an arch and everything. And then they did. They came back with some numbers said, hey, you realize you have a broken back? And he was like, I hurt my back, but I don't know if it's broken. They're like, no, nah, you got a broken back, man. Sorry, you can't. We, we can't. We can't use you. You got to go. Wow! Like, wow! Must, thank you. <laughs> he must have a pain tolerance. It's incredible. <laughs> it's insane how how high it is. But he he walked on uh, knees that needed to be replaced for the last probably twelve years. Just got him replaced, and I mean that's that's one of the toughest people I know for sure. Well, that's a, a fathers are very much an example, and I wish more of them would be part of their children's lives. One hundred percent. One of the things that's encouraging when I go to a Clovis school board meeting is that parents show up. I go to a Fresno school board meeting, and there's a few, but it's not in the same numbers. Mm-hmm. Parents being involved is probably the most important aspect of education. I agree, and I, we just got a haircut from a gal who's been cutting our hair for our family for four years or so. They live out in Easton, and she had a, a client who she was cutting her hair, didn't know she was a principal of a Clovis elementary school, she cut her hair, telling her about what was going on, and and I think I think she told she said it was one of her kids. They took her out of took the kid out of the Easton school system because of the masking and all the mm-hmm. restriction stuff, and it took her into the Clovis school system because they heard about the waiver. Right, that first night that we went or that I went it was really big. They took brought him over there, and then they pulled the waiver. And they're like, "What the heck?" But this principal, when she's talking to her about everything and when she found out who she was the principal was like wow, i was wondering why there was a lot of kids coming into the clovis school system it just was out of the blue a bunch of kids coming in to our system um clovis encourages interdistrict transfers you didn't know that mm-hmm. so that means coming from outside the district um they're not so good about allowing kids to move from school to school mm-hmm. within the clovis school district mm-hmm. they pretty much ignore you because you, they've already got your money as a taxpayer mm-hmm. but they get state and federal money when they bring in somebody from out of district. So that's why it's easy. 
and currently right now that they're not losing any money for unexcused absences. It's, they're getting paid their money through 2022 from the research that I've done mm-hmm. on their funding. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens if a kid leaves the district. Are they, do they still continue because they've already been pray, paid prior to the start of the school year or is it guaranteed at the end and they kind of work it out at that point? Um, I'm, I'm very curious about that because the battle we're fighting, I'll never stop fighting for kids, period, depending on where that is. Um, but for me, it's like I, I've, I'm almost the, to that, that straw that breaks the camel's back with my children being in, in Clovis Unified because they were always what, what was best for kids. And Yeah, that was sudden, Doc, Dr. Buchanan's absolute dream. Yeah. Doing what was right for kids and, and promoting education. And now we have Dr. Fauci. I mean, Fog. Fauci. Um, <laughs> you know, because uh, he can't seem to give a straight answer. He is really incredibly arrogant. It's um, amazing how fast he switched his pace from parent choice to <laughs> all parents should be vaccinated to um, all students need to be vaccinated who are eligible. That was in three board meetings. He switched from one to the next to the next. Um, he came out and spoke to us after the last board meeting in Clovis. There were a group of us. And I think he came out to get attention and to gloat. <laughs> and one of the things I asked him, or one of the things I said was, what you're saying often doesn't make sense, does not line up with any of my research. It makes me think that you're bought off. Now, a normal person, if that was said to them, would have a reaction, right? Like, are you kidding me? It's on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He completely rolled over it and proceeded to tell us how the greatest thing that Trump had ever done was roll out the vaccine. Ugh. Completely rolled over it. Um, so I really don't have much respect for Dr. Fogg. And if he can't treat people professionally during a meeting, and folks, if you have any doubts, review the meeting and watch his face. Mm-hmm. Nothing but sneers, sarcasm. Laughs. Yeah, rude, obnoxious, and he wonders why the parents are mad. It's not just that we're disagreeing on this masking issue. So, so, and, and I'll even go a step further. So, and I've been having this debate with my wife. You know, I'm I'm on her real estate team. That's I didn't say it in in in, the, in my opening remarks because I kind of just leaving it out for a little bit because I don't want negative attention being drawn to what I'm doing. And what we're doing as a team, um, I'm, I'm in an assistant type of role, a, a lead generation passer business. But there have been people that reached out to my broker and talking about, oh, did you see what Sean said about this? And Sean's anti-mask, Sean's anti-vax. And I'm like, then they're clearly not hearing what I'm saying because no, I'm just about choice. choice. Yeah. I just want people to choose. And then so I was on uh, a talk yesterday about abortion. And I'm not going to get too much into that conversation because that's a whole different different ball game of choice. Because there's 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 lives being involved in that, but but I'm sitting here and I'm and I'm contemplating right now stepping away from my real estate because of that. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And good morning. This is Eric Rollins. For those of you that are just joining us, this is the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. We're speaking about Clovis schools, and we have a caller, Pete. What, what's your question? What do you want to talk about? Oh, hi, Eric. Thanks so much for taking my call. Uh, sorry, are, you're saying you're sort of sounds like you're rushing me. You want me to get right to the point? Is that the deal here? Um, not a huge rush, but but what's going on with you, Pete? 
Well, I'm I'm a patriot. Um, my friends, I, I kind of go by patriot. Peter, Pete, the patriot is kind of how I'm affectionately known. I believe in America first and freedom. A lot of stuff you guys are talking about. Um, and and I'm curious. Uh, I suppose my biggest question is, what do you do on a day to day basis to further the America first agenda? Uh, I find that a lot of people in this day and age are real a lip service. Even big, you know, strong guys, tattoo strong guys like the one dude who seem like, oh, this guy must be a real proper patriot. Sometimes it turns out they're all lip service. So what do you guys do day to day? Where are your shirts manufactured, for example? That is a good question. Um, I don't know the answer on my shirt. I don't it's a great always question. look on that. It's a great that question is a fair that question. a lot of people don't actually, they don't actually think about. It's like, oh, I, I'm all about America first, but yet I'm going to, this one guy plays baseball. Baseball is a sport that's played by all kinds of different foreign countries and is not by any means an America first sport. And you're just going to play that game that's very popular in Japan and other places like that. Um, I think you're, I think you're way off on this one, buddy. <laughs> um, I'm going to let Sean I'll go respond. Ahead, I'll go ahead and answer. I'll go ahead and answer this first. Um, I support local local businesses, local communities, and where they choose to get their shirts. I'm not going to go and tell them what they need to do. Um, first and foremost, I, I, I support local. I support local. You could tell them. You could tell I support them and they local. Would probably listen because your muscles are so big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I work Pete, out if you're going to keep being insulting, we're going to let you go. You need to be polite. Well, excuse me, but but I'm a patriot. I don't know if you are, person. Pete. You're not talking as a patriot. If you want to silence me and you want to silence my voice and you want to be that type of a show, then that's that's fine. So be it. But I'm telling hard truth. And a lot of people who are listening right now are probably wondering where your shirts are manufactured as well. They're probably wondering, why don't you guys live in Washington, D.C.? I'm moving to Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. Why don't you live there? That's you don't the make any sense, country. Pete. Um, that doesn't make any sense. That point doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, I'll answer his question if he's talking he about talking over because he, he keeps talking while he wants me to answer the question. So what, what I'm saying is I support my local community, okay? I'm involved with the, with the di- people with disabilities in my community, okay? I'm involved with the local schools in my community. I taught for 13 years in my community, okay, without an agenda, right? My kids are currently not in school right now fighting a fight that I'm, I'm, I'm building from my community, immediate community, which is my family on out, okay? Your community is America, my community, community starts in my home. My local community. What about it America? starts in my home. Local fight has right. a national Your home is America. Impact. Your home is America, and it should be Washington D.C. If you had an ounce. See, I think that I think that real true patriot. I think that you are are on here to troll. So I'm not yeah. going to go ahead and further this uh, conversation with the questions you have, Pete. Good luck with things. Good luck on your move to Washington D.C. Yeah. Um, but I'll go ahead. Pete, and, good luck. I'll yeah. go ahead and finish that. So, um, for for calling people out on the most minuscule things, that that to me is we can do what we can. You look at I don't wear masks, but you look at all the masks out there that people are wearing. They're all made in China. You know, our our community, America, is built on the fabric of the family. And if you can build a, a strong family that is that that is patriotic and has an allegiance to this country. That's where it all starts. Like for someone to come on and just be like, oh, you got to be about America. Yeah, we are about America. And how do you do that? You do that from your home. You know, you get you get people reaching for the military, reaching out to me, want to talk about, hey, Sean, dude, what do we do? What do we do? I'm there to support their mental well-being that the people that 
fought and served with our nonprofit at our town foundation dot org quick plug but but we're there to help the people that are underserved in our community and that is america it mm-hmm. is helping your neighbor mm-hmm. and and i'm a godly man before i'm an american but the american values in the american way is about helping our community first and if we can't get a, a grip on our own community it doesn't matter what's happening at the national level because in my opinion the the country is america to me is the community it's not something that happens in Washington, D.C., unless it filter down to us. To me, that mentality that Pete has going to Washington, D.C. to change something, what's that going to do in my community? That's where that's where the right. change has to happen. So, And let me add something on the baseball. So Pete doesn't understand his history. Baseball started here in America. It was an, American, War. It was an American game. It was always America up until recently. I love baseball, but it broke my heart in the last few years that they went woke quote unquote right so i don't watch baseball i don't watch any of the sports actually i grew up watching all of them watching from basketball michael jordan in the mid 90s i watched watched that i watched baseball all the time but you know what there came a time where they went woke they went corporate they decided to almost cut off probably half if not more of their of their fans so i will boycott them until things change not saying that it's a good or a bad thing. I love baseball. It started here in the United States, and Pete's yeah. he can have a lot his of opinion. his a lot of his points. I, I just shake my head. Yeah. Um, one of the things that does inspire me though is I don't watch sports just like you. I, I, basically, the same thing. I used to. I don't. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I watch the news, and when they refuse to play the national anthem, I am truly moved when the fans decide they need to sing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm like that is the coolest thing. There was a softball game. I think it was a college one, mm-hmm. and they were they weren't going to do that. They weren't going to do the national anthem, and the fans in the stands started to sing. And it was interesting to me that one of the teams came out to the line mm-hmm. and put their hands over their hearts, and the other team stayed in. Unbelievable! But the fans started. You know, to sing you know who to cheer for now. Yeah, exactly. It te- yeah, it's a filter, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of got off topic. Um, <laughs> California typically is somewhere in the 40s as far as where they rank nationally in schools. Clovis is better. It's the top 20% for California. But I think that things are changing in Clovis. You have a board that is led by somebody that, you know, like Sean, you pointed out, his position changed dramatically over the course of three school board meetings. So what is that, six weeks? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, also from what I understand, the administration tends to run the school board members. How many of them I've, I've now watched five meetings and been to three. How many of those school board members say much of anything ever? I'm betting you there's a couple you haven't even heard talk yet. My, and my thing is too, Eric is, is when we're, we're at a meeting and you have parents that have literally spent thousands of hours of research on Mm -hmm. various topics. And you look at a board and clearly they haven't done any research. And I can't, I, I mean, I, I don't know that for a fact, but the fact that if I'm, if, if I see somebody and, and again, people of all walks of life can talk at these meetings. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a board now, now some of these kids, they keep coming out. Right. Cause I'm, I'm vehemently against ACE, mm-hmm. this, this, this wannabe uh, union that the, they're, they're trying to create in uh, Clovis Unified. But Every week you have kids come and talk about dress code 
and the issues surrounding dress code. Now, do I do I agree with what they're saying about dress code? No, because I, I think the dress code is good. I, I've always thought dress code, there's standards in society that you go mm-hmm. to certain places, you have to dress a certain way. But the fact that these kids are claiming to be um, objectified, you know, you know, female students by male teachers, and there is no questions being asked to these kids. There is no sympathy that's being offered to these kids. Right. And if it's true, they need sympathy and there needs to be consequences. There needs to be consequences. And we haven't heard anything from them. Have they done their, their due diligence and researched the fact that we might have something of, of, of a systemic issue that is that is starting with dress code? I don't think dress code needs to change. But if these kids are out of dress code, I, I taught for 13 years. And I if girls were out of dress code, if I had a relationship with them, I would look at them and be like, hey, what, dude, what are you doing? And I wouldn't call exactly what it is, but I'd be like, what are you doing? And they'd be like, Man, stories, come on. And I'd be like, no, you already know. You got to go. And they would know because they already knew they were out of dress code. They were just trying to push it to see how far. Some kids would use the whole, well, I was in this class. Well, not every teacher sees it. So I'm not Mm -hmm. picking on you just because they didn't see it and I saw it. But if it was something that that was revealing that needed to be called out, a a female teacher or administrator would come call that out. So by the fact that we're not hearing and we're hearing the same exact stories or very mm-hmm. similar stories over and over and over. Either they're making it up or they're not addressing it as a district. And the other thing is, where is the adult support? Because if my kid came home and told me that, Dad, I went into a room with two men mm-hmm. and they they circled me around and had me lift my hands up and, and I, I felt violated, I wouldn't be just sitting on, on, on my couch at home. I'd be I, I know you school, well enough. I guarantee that, right? And, and there would be a serious problem that they would have, and and my kids would know that they are one hundred percent supported and 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 protected. And so, by the fact that these things aren't jiving up, so then it looks, and these are the kids that are fighting over and over, and they're not even willing to go to bat for them to research. So then we're we're asking them, like, just ask us questions when we step up to that microphone. Ask us some questions of stuff that you might not know. Or let mm-hmm. us give you a, a, a point to start your own research. But if you don't care enough to research about what's really going on, like I, I did, I have, and, and on my, my Facebook page, I put it out there. I put a lot of stuff out there. The people that truly know me know that I love people. And, and I'm not trying to divide, but I do want to point things out that just seem odd. And I, 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 I bought a couple uh, of these, these tests that Clovis Unified is using. And, you know, being the uh, scientist in me, I tested distilled water with one of the uh, Binax by Abbott, tested one of the things with uh, with distilled water, came out negative. Didn't come out inconclusive, came out negative, right? So then I had tried this before with bananas. And the first time I tried it, I, I did the banana and it, the first one came out negative and the, the following two in the same spot inside the banana skin that I tested came out positive. So I was like, I'll try banana again because they say bananas share the most DNA with humans than any other fruit. So I did the banana again. I did it three times. Three times a banana came out positive on the Binax test made by Abbott. Now, now let, let's give some clarity. That is a COVID test. That is a COVID test. Okay. That is Just correct. Want yes. everybody to catch that. So, And that's the COVID test that they're using in schools, right? Because mm-hmm. I started getting a bunch of calls saying, hey, my kid has to use this test. I tested it like whatever. So... Then all of a sudden today, the news comes out at 67% accurate. But then, so going back to a friend of mine, and she has a medical condition, but she's very smart, but she long-term memory is kind of gone, short-term memory is kind of gone for the something that, that a procedure that she had. And 
So she sends me this guy, the guy that is the CEO of Abbott, right? He started two companies. One of them, um, he sold to Pfizer. And that's the same guy who's who's peddling these these fake, faulty, you know, antigen, quick antigen tests, yeah. right? Is the same guy that sold the business to Pfizer, that Pfizer's out here, you know, pushing the vaccine, you know, this FDA mandatory vaccine. It's like, well, this just seems like when you look at it, like this doesn't seem right. Why would we be using a test and taking there? There was yesterday I heard 2000 kids out of Clovis Unified. Two kid, two people I know, both of their kids have been out two different times because of contact tracing. Right. And we're teaching kids crazy things like it's okay to be traced. It's mm-hmm. okay for people to follow your every movement. It's okay to have big brother in your pocket. Uh, no, it's worse than that. If it's you, way worse when, than when that. When we come back, because we, we're almost done with this segment, um, Clovis Unified has set up vaccination centers. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Insane. We, yeah. Well, and, and just to end on this uh, for the segment with the testing, when you go back to the board and they're creating this whole dashboard now where they're tracking all the kids mm-hmm. and the testing and everything, and we're just sitting in the crowd going. Right. Where, where, what, what country are we living in? Yeah. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And good morning. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And we just started getting into medical freedom and where Clovis Unified seems to stand. Most of the board members seem to have nothing to say. They're only willing to vote when there's nobody watching because, I don't know, I guess it takes takes courage to, to vote in front of people that disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things, I guess, after our, our last board meeting, we had a conversation. One of our, our members in our crew had a conversation with Dr. Fogg and he revealed, he said, oh, I'm all for what you guys are talking about. But he said that we've been told or threatened that the state will do a takeover if they go against the mandates. So what it was funny because what they were saying before was that we're, we're getting local control and mm-hmm. we're going to be able to make our own decision. We don't have to worry about who's above us. And then all of a sudden, like we've talked about, there's this 360 degree turn to now, well, washing our hands of this whole thing. And it's the people up upstairs that are telling us what to do. And we, we can't really say anything. And the other crazy thing that he said after a state takeover if they go against the mandate Mm -hmm. so we're working behind the scenes on that side of it to have a trigger for hopefully if we can get some board members a couple of them to meet with in a roundtable discussion and we can tell them what our plans are and that if they can do that if they have the cojones to be able to do something Mm -hmm. like that can we trigger something that we're working on but the other part of it was that he said we have no plan so they're just going to sit there and they're going to allow the state to strong arm them and they have no plan. You know, so something it, like that happened in Germany uh, uh, where where people just went, the government told me and I can't do a thing. Yeah. They didn't stand for liberty. And six million Jews later, um, there was truly a world tragedy. Mm-hmm. We're heading in that direction, folks. You need to stand up for your rights. We're not there yet. Um, so what I'm saying is they're compliant. I'm not saying they're Nazis. I'm saying they're compliant and they're not willing to stand for liberty. That's what happened in Germany. 
that was the point that was made by one of the people that spoke. Mm -hmm. And they took it as, you called me a Nazi. Mm -hmm. No, what we said was, you were not willing to stand for freedom. You weren't on the side of Bonhoeffer and some of the other people that had the strength to stand in Germany. You were the compliant that allowed it to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be one of those compliant. And and, and my, my thing is this. And and maybe it's just the the fight in me. I wasn't raised like like normal people. I I had really bad ADHD. So when when I got out of line, I was corrected. Now you could take that how you want, but um, based on 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 Big Mark being you know six three, two hundred and ninety pounds, and a very loving man. But I got out of line a lot. And when I turned fourteen, I started puffing my chest out, and I didn't care what the consequences were. So I look at this and I say, we can either go quietly into the night and each mandate that they push down upon us and we're not going to have any pushback and they're just going to continue to make these mandates over and over and over and mm-hmm. slow play us like boiling us slowly in a, in a pot. And, and, and apparently, I guess a frog will jump out if you try to slow boil it. I never had. No, no, you, you, if you slow boil it, the frog won't jump that's out. That's what I heard. And then somebody said something about, oh, no, no, no. But a frog is smart enough, they'll jump out. No, that's but, not true. Okay. Okay. Good, good to know. I've never tried it. But we we ate a know, lot of frog legs know. and okay. I'm twisted enough that I okay, tried that. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. So, so what, what, what basically what the board is telling us is we're just going to slowly be pushed down this path that you want us down without resistance mm-hmm. or we can resist. And, and, and call their hand and make them do something about it right now. Mm-hmm. Take over. If you're going to take over in, in a year, in two years, why don't you just take over right now and show us your play? Because I, I don't want to sit here and be in part of a district that's going to roll over. That's not who Doc Buchanan was. That's not who the people that grew up. I'm 40 years old now and I graduated, what, like 10 years ago? I think in my head, but, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm not a rollover kind of guy and I never will be. And that's where I look at it. And it's like, I, I don't want to wait and just, just be like all of a sudden, you know, 10 years down the road when we fell asleep and all of a sudden they snipe us in the back and say, Hey, well, this is what it is. But, but they're rolling this out so fast. Like you said, they're pulling out these vaccine centers in schools. Mm-hmm. So now they're trying to like, and you hear that. I want to say that again. Mm-hmm. They are rolling out in Clovis Unified vaccine centers at high school campuses. Yes. And so and then so then you get the medical thing that we were talking about. Fifteen years old, I believe, is the age. And I've been sent some articles and, and fifteen years old they can start making emergency medical decisions. And now that this is an emergency, a fifteen year old who's getting pressured, and my kids have been pressured because they haven't been in school yet. Just put the mask on, just put the mask on. And they're fighting for their freedoms. They're fighting mm-hmm. for their personal sovereignty. And they're, they're catching flack from it. And, and it's not coming from the kids. It's coming from their parents. They go in and talk to their parents and say, oh, well, they just should put a mask on. It's just a mask. Well, yeah, it's just a mask. But then, you know, 18 Where's months ago, right? It's just a vaccine. And it's just, uh, well, I mean, I mean, when does it stop? You know, you're now all of a sudden that I fear is, well, you know, if, if this is something they're pushing on the entire population that is still a, an experiment, like one, where's the control group going to go if you, if you vaccinate everybody? Mm-hmm. And then two, if, if you're looking at that, now they're going to make people that aren't vaccinated and their kids that aren't vaccinated. You're not doing the right thing for kids and we're going to take your kids away and we're going to put them into a system i.e. cps or the foster care system and if you know anybody that's ever been through that system you know one of my best friends from college there was four of them that went into the foster care system after the parents died i believe it was drugs related drug related 
And the two brothers, I think they were like 12 and 14. They walked in on the foster dad getting ready to molest the daughter and they fought him off and they pulled her out. Right. And then they split the, all the kids up. There's four of them and they all got split up. So you start to look at a system that is not designed for kids and people like my family try to get foster care of my cousins because my aunt was a drug addict and they weren't allowed to do that. So you start to look at this because they didn't, they didn't go through the classes. I'm like, if you're having child molesters go through the classes and they can fake it mm-hmm. and get through a class, like, so they can, yeah, they're going to do anything so they can get access to a kid to molest. So, and then, and then in a central unified school during this pandemic, you're sending kids home and the abuse levels have, have risen to, mm-hmm. to, to crazy heights, but there's, they had to do a, a they had to do a school wide, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, and I should remember this, but I didn't pay attention to a lot of the meetings. But when they teach the whole school, the, whatever it is, and about how to deal with kids who've been trafficked by their parents, mm. right? Imagine that from from a virus that kids the, the kids are are virtually unless they have an underlying health condition, they're virtually indestructible when it comes to COVID, right? But but like you said earlier, the vaccine. Where's all the research that goes and talks about? The other side, mm-hmm. like the VAERS reports that aren't being pushed out. And when you push them out, it's like, oh, well, false information. Or you can directly post something from VAERS with no comment, and Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram will censor it. Yes. In other words, you can directly post something from the government and they will censor it. Well, and here's the thing. It's the mandates is I have a problem. I've had a couple family members and friends that have reached out to me on Facebook and they get their feelings hurt with some of the things I'm saying. And I say it's, it's about choice. But then the, the mandate they're okay with. Look, we're not saying no masks or we're not saying 100% masks. We're saying choice. But these same people don't have a problem with a mandate for masks or a mandate for vaccines. And then if we look at this emergency use order and we look at the reason the vaccines and the one that was actually approved, FDA approved, isn't available. You can't even use it. If you want to go to the hospital or whoever doctor and get the FDA approved version, it's not even available. So they're going to say, well, we got the Pfizer. So the reason why it's still emergency use order approved is because they say there are no other treatments. And this kills well, me. Yeah. And then, then there's they completely ignored possible treatments besides the vaccine it was like the vaccine was the only solution and now we got to get a booster yeah um i just bought a shirt that says the final the final uh has american flag <laughs> yeah i've seen it i've it says seen the it. final version is communism yeah or the final covid variant, variant yeah. is mm-hmm. communism mm-hmm. and, and then looking at it from the beginning and, and again i followed this and, and unfortunately my friend that started telling me about this because i used to be a hypochondriac right everything was wrong and i've had every sickness known to man right especially the ones that are the rarest. And my friend uh, Alfonso Bigelow passed away, you know, three months ago with a heart attack. Loved the guy like a brother. Um, and he's the one that told me, Sean, just start doing your research, man. Don't just believe everything that they tell you. Mm-hmm. So I started looking it up. And then you start to look at from the beginning. I feel like, do, do we know, have we ever heard, have you guys ever heard exactly what COVID does to affect the body and, and put people in the hospital? They, they just kind of say, oh, you got COVID and, and, and the possibility of you want to like, it's all like fuzzy math. Well, it's it's like the flu where it's 
here's a list of potential symptoms and not everybody has the same exact right. symptoms. Right, because they threw the heart attacks that they label COVID mm-hmm. deaths and they threw the strokes and they threw mm-hmm. the cold, all this stuff. But but I what I've done in my research is I found that it's an inflammatory disease. Mm-hmm. Largely, it, that, largely, that is the biggest Right, that's biggest the biggest thing. thing. So at the beginning of this, they did everything possible to Wrong. increase inflammation mm-hmm. in the body. They never mentioned obesity. They didn't take out fast food. They Shut didn't mention gyms. any sugar. Mm-hmm. Like stop sugar. Uh, like mm-hmm. and, and I'm and I love the mangoes from Costco. I mean, even though Costco tried to kick me out one time, that's a whole different story for not wearing a mask. <laughs> um, I was surrounded by four four managers, but I still got to go in and get my mangoes. But every time I eat mangoes, I wake up the next day and my body hurts. My joints are achy because of the infl- inflammatory response. To, to the sugar. To the sugar. But they never said don't do that. Exercise reduces inflammation. You know, like stress increases inflammation due to the, the, the stress on the body. So and- the Vitamin D is also a big one. Vitamin oh, we got to hide inside. Stay inside. Stay inside. Close the parks down. So everything they yeah. oh, and then and then they said. Remember they said a leave. Don't take a leave or, or anything that that reduces inflammation. <laughs> Drugs. They were like, don't take that. Okay. And then they put you on a ventilator. Okay. You know. So all of a sudden, this inflammatory disease is not being addressed. It's just take the vaccine and put your mask on. Mm-hmm. That's the only argument they have. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist on. 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And welcome. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today I'm joined by a couple patriots, Sean and Joey, and we're talking about Clovis Schools, Freedom, and we're going to try to give you a little bit of hope. Clovis isn't all bad. Parents are still involved. It's still non-union. I think that's one of the reasons why it's a tale of two cities when you compare what happens just across the border in Fresno, worst 5% in the country as opposed to top 20% in California. But Clovis is in trouble. People need to be involved. People need to go to board meetings. Joey, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I think for some of those that saw the, the latest Project Veritas video out there on the teacher in Sacramento that was teaching all the the Antifa and the critical race theory things, and he was an, an AP history teacher, for those that didn't hear this, and he he was saying that he has 180 days to create revolutionaries yeah Mm -hmm. and what he would do is is he would have all the kids at the beginning of school he'd have this little board that had far right all the way to the far left and he had these different milestones in between and he'd have the students put where they thought they figured that they were and his job at the beginning to see that control is his job was to move them over to the left and the guy that was interviewing him for Project Veritas that he didn't know was Project Veritas asked him, well, how are you doing that? How, how are you doing what you're doing? And he says, I scare the F out of them. And for Clovis Unified, bringing it back, I think, and I know Sean will go into this a little bit more, but we love our teachers. All the teachers that my son is in the third grade over at Fort Washington, all of my teachers from Maroney to Dominguez, Puentes, and then this year is Hasey. And then our daughter, who's got Maroney in kindergarten, all of our teachers have been awesome, really awesome. And they chose to be in a non-union environment because they could have moved. You know, if they're good teachers, there's all kinds of possibilities. People want to hire good teachers, and Mm -hmm. they chose to be in Clovis Unified. Right. Yep. 
Uh, and if we're, we're calling names out there, I, I can say that every one of my daughter's teachers all the way up. And, and in the fourth grade, I had a daughter, daughter Mr. Cantu, who was an ex-police uh, officer, was in a wreck, got, you know, had a uh, had an injury. And the first male teacher that she ever had, and she was she cried every day the first day of, of fourth grade. And when you look at that, you're just like, wow, that's kind of sad to see a kid. And you need to go to talk to the principal. And, and, and I'm, I'm fighting as a papa bear for my kid. Like, I don't want her to be in the class, blah, blah, blah. She's crying. He's like, just just let it just, you know, I've done with this before, Sean. Um, and George George Peterson is one of the best administrators ever. Um, he, he's just amazing. But the teachers all the way up from from first grade, kindergarten through where they're at now, they ha- they come home and they talk about their teachers. Mm. And unfortunately, my kids are missing out on some amazing teachers in their schools right now because they're not in school. They're on independent study. And with all the amazing teachers that my kids have had, unfortunately, they're not there because we are fighting for for something beyond that beyond just just a mask we're fighting for our freedom and our sovereignty and our ability to choose what's right for us and and what we choose is is our fear might be different than their fear well we, as a parent don't you largely aren't you responsible for your kids exactly not mm-hmm. the not the school district exactly. not the government right. and you know and and, and and unfortunately the teachers that are there right now that that, the, that my kids love they are the second parents. They are the ones that have our kids' best interest in mind, but they are so handcuffed by a district who won't stand to the powers that be because of they don't want to lose their jobs. And and to me, it's like we're fighting this battle as parents, but we really need to start recruiting teachers to jump on board because eventually their choice is going to be is going to be get vaccinated or or be out now that that has no bearing in science or like what what is what is going on with my doctor like what is the health implications of you know do i have an allergen in there they have they know nothing they're just pushing Mm -hmm. it on everybody in there they're hey you know what we'll give you this or we'll give you that here's money to do this here's money to do that so they're trying to make it so society is pushed into a vaccine and if this was the most deadly pandemic ever they wouldn't have to be forcing people to get it people would be you know, lining up and, mm-hmm. and like, like it's like it's uh, Black Friday and they're going in to get the vaccine. But you're not seeing that. We went we've been to a couple tournaments in, in L.A. of all places, Santa Monica, and their testing facilities were like all one only one day of like the six days we were there had people lining up to get tested. And it's like so people really they don't care. But but the instant the government, the, the government that people seem to trust so much right now, but didn't trust at all. And and for so long they haven't trusted. They trust them so much that that they like the even when they said okay we got to start putting masks back on. It was amazing how many more masks I saw on mm-hmm. that the very next day. The Government says store. it. Oh my gosh, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there that just don't want to break the rules. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. a whole different group mm-hmm. of people than the ones that are like. But they're not usually politically active. Right? They're not usually. They're just like follow the rules. It is what it is. This will be over soon enough. But their compliance they don't understand is prolonging this. Well, freedom has a price. Freedom has a price. And they're not willing to pay any price. They're not. And But what's a red line? I always ask, what's your red line? For us, it was the mass thing because we saw what was next. For others, is it going to be the vaccine when they start vaccinating your kids? When that's the mandate, right? We, we're arguing choice. Again, some people get their feelings hurt out there. We're mm-hmm. talking we want choice. We don't want mandates. Or is it going to be when they're going to allow critical race, critical race theory? It's already in, by the way. I know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, or It's the, already in. It is being implemented this year. And the other one that's even more disgusting is to have biological males competing against females. Sean's got daughters. I have a daughter. That is horrible. <laughs> and one of the things that I heard was that if you took the fastest Olympic female sprinter, you took the fastest Olympic female sprinter, and you put her up against 300 of the fastest male high, high school. school sprinters, she can't even beat them. Wow. That is the difference between the two genders. And my and my, my daughter, uh, Layla, is, is amazingly fast. I think she's going to break Jenna Prandini's junior high record. And, and I do believe from the, the people that I've talked to, seen her run, that she might have a chance at 16 to go to the Olympics. But... Well, that's competing against females. Yeah. But going back to uh, teachers in the classroom, I taught for a long time. I did what was best for kids as a teacher. And if an administrator came in and wanted to tell me something different, it didn't matter. I was going to continue to do what's best for kids. And if you want to fire me, it is what it is. And I think that we need more teachers standing up in that way to say, hey, we're not going to bow down. We're not going to bend the knee to a state that doesn't care about our kids, that doesn't care about us. We're going to do what we, what we know is best for kids. To the guy that's getting recalled. Yeah. He's getting recalled, and we're listening to what he has to say. Yeah. Um, vote in person, folks. Yes. Derek Rollins, the Constitutionalist, 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town.